Also, we are continuing today in Mishnah Yomi, in Perek Gimel, Mishnayas Dalit and Hey, <coughs> Mishnayas four and five. Mishnah Dalit says as follows: In Kosvin Shtari Chov B'Moid, we do not write documents, loan documents, on Chalamaid. And the reason for that on a very simple level is because they can be just as easily written before Chalamaid. Vim Amino. However, again, if the lender does not believe the borrower and will not lend without a document. Or or for that matter, the sofer, the scribe who is going to write the document, needs the parnasa. Ultimately, again, then you're permitted to write it. So remember, these are two different reasons. This is number one, if the borrower, if the lender doesn't believe the borrower without a document, then it really becomes a davra of it, a potential loss, because then the borrower will lose out on the opportunity to go ahead and borrow the money. Or again, second case is if the sofer needs the money, so then one is permitted to go and write up the document in order to facilitate and to allow for parnasa for the sofer. In Kosvin Svarim, Tfilin Mezuzos Bemoid. You're not allowed to write Sifrei Torah, Tfilin Mezuzos on Chalamaid. And the idea over here is because, remember, they could just as easily be done before Chalamaid as well. And you can't even correct one letter in a Sefer Torah, one letter in a Sefer Torah. Ultimately, again, even if it's the Sefer Torah that was kept in the Azar, the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, which was, which was the authoritative version of the Sefer Torah. Sefer Torah, ultimately, again, from Ezra. From Ezra, so the so the idea because again once again even though this is called sorech harabim even though one can make the argument that this is for the needs of the many but halachalamayis again it's not necessary to be done on chalamayim. Rabbi Yehuda Omer kovsev adam tefillin umezuzos liatzmor. Rabbi Yehuda says interestingly enough you can write tefillin and mezuzos for yourself. In other words, so if I'm not remember, see based on this what we really begin to see is when the Mishnah says you can't write svarim tefillin and mezuzos. What that's really talking about is a sulfur who uses this for his parnasal. So you can't do it on chalamayid because you could just as easily do it before or after. But for your own needs, you're allowed to go ahead and write it on chalamayid. Vitova Similarly, again, you can make tzitzis. Literally, again, you could weave the treles. You could put the treles into your tzitzis. Ultimately, again, on Chalamite as well. Now, what's interesting about it is as follows. The Lushen over here is you could weave it on your leg, which means you could weave, but you have to do it with a sheen. You have to do it with some type of change. So Rabbi Huda allows you to write Tfilin and Mezuzos that you're going to need for yourself. He allows you to weave the Tcheles into your Tzitzis, but for the weaving, you have to do it with a shinui. Now, halach halamaisa, we pass in that a person, if a person needs tzitzis, they can make the tzitzis, weave the tzitzis, even without a shinui as well. Incredible. So the next Mishnah goes on. The Mishnah says, So now we're going to transition a little bit into the halachos concerning avelos. If a person buries his dead three days before the arrival of Yom Tiv, but Shiva. So essentially what the Mishnah is saying is like this. If you've observed, if a person has observed three days of Shiva prior to Yamtiv, then when Yamtiv comes along, Yamtiv will conclude the Shiva. If a person Shmona, let's say a person person lost a loved one, one of the person, one of the people who they're obligated to mourn for eight days before Yamtiv, but Shloshim. Remember, in that case, Shiva's over. Day number eight is Shloshim, the first 30 days of mourning. The arrival of Yantiv will cancel out the remainder of the Shloshim. Now, what's interesting about this is as follows. 
So from the Mishnah's perspective, we, we accept this concept, halacha lamais, we just apply it a little bit differently. From the Mishnah's perspective, in order for Yom Tiv to cancel out Shiva, you have to have observed at least three days of Shiva. Then the arrival of Yom Tiv will cancel it out. Less than three days, according to the Mishnah, would not cancel it. Similarly, if you observed eight days of mourning, seven days of Shema, Shiva, first day of Shloshim, Ultimately, in that situation, then halacha lamaisa, Yom Tiv would cancel out the Shloshim. Mishnah says, why is that? Shabbos counts as part of Shiva and doesn't interrupt Shiva. But Yom Tiv, on the other hand, stops Shiva and does not count towards towards the number of days, right? So, so just to, just to explain this for, so according to the Mishnah, again, we can appreciate this because this is true contemporarily as well. Shabbos, although we do not observe any external displays of mourning, Shabbos counts as one of the days of Shiva. Even though, again, externally, it looks like a regular day, it is part of the count of Shiva. It's part of the count. It's part of the count. But Allah Lamaisa Yom Tiv cuts off whatever stage of mourning you're in. Now, according to the Mishnah, according to the Mishnah, Yom Tiv will cut off, will cut off ultimately again, you know, if you observed three days before Yom Tiv. According to the Mishnah, interestingly enough, let's say you only observe two days of Yom Tiv before the, two days, I'm sorry, two days of Shiv before the arrival of Yom Tiv. In that case, Yom Tiv would pause, would pause Shiva doesn't count towards them, and you resume the remaining days of Shiva after Yom Tiv. Now, Halacha Lamaisa, we pass me a little bit differently. When it comes to Shabbos, so of course we observe Shabbos as part of Shiva. It's counted as one of the days, even though Halacha Lamaisa, all external displays of mourning are lifted. When it comes to Yom Tiv, what we pass in Halacha Lamaisa is, as long as you observed even just a minute of Shiva prior to Yom Tiv, Yom Tiv will come and cut off. It just ends Shiva. So we, we don't accept this in the three, we don't need three days, even three minutes of Shiva, as long as Shiva began before Yom Tiv, Yom Tiv could cut it off. You could, you could contrast this with a case where a person, let's say, passes away over Yom Tiv, then you have a Levaya over Chalamayit. In that case, interestingly enough, Shiva doesn't begin until after Yom Tiv. There could be no Shiva occurring over the course of Yom Tiv. Amazingly enough, Rabbi Salavashik explains that why the distinction between Shabbos and Yom Tiv. So he says something beautiful, because Yom Tiv has a mitzvah of v'samachta v'chagecha. There is a biblical obligation to rejoice. And the Rav says that one heart can't be simultaneously mourning and in a state of joy. And therefore, because the state of joy is a biblical nature, a biblical origin, therefore, halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, the biblical obligation to rejoice overrides my personal obligation for mourning. All right, we'll stop up here for today. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.